You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, taking it beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect yoga and psychology to everyday life? My name is Jen, I'm your host, world-traveling yoga instructor, blogger, and the founder of Iveya Luna, Mindful Wellbeing, Peaceful Living. Every week on the podcast, we will be exploring different topics through yogic and psychological perspectives. I will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests and hosting exciting Q&As. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast, wherever you are on your journey. I'll meet you there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you're enjoying the rest of your month of February before the month of March, which is, of course, the month of spring. Well, at least it is for a lot of us in the world, <laughs> which means that if you're in Canada or the US or London or most of Europe, really, all of Europe, the weather is going to get a lot nicer from here and it's going to get a lot warmer and it's going to be great. Also, the days get longer, everything starts to bloom. It's a really lovely month and it's really the first season, right? Spring is the first season. It's the first new season we're going to have in 2020, given that our winter actually started last year. Anyway, I hope that you're enjoying your year so far. I hope that you're getting ready for spring. I personally love spring because you can do all that spring cleaning. You can do all that new year stuff, right? I always find that the new year really starts in the spring. The new year, as in the date, is always a little bit more, uh, like, yes, it's a new year, absolutely, but it's almost like a trial run, you know, or almost just like a getting your bearings, this is the new year, you know, here you go. And then when the weather starts getting better and the days start getting longer and March comes, it just feels like brand new, you know, and it's very exciting and you can feel it in the air. You really, really can feel it in the air. A lot of new projects start around this time, a lot of new launches in the spring, right? And everyone's getting ready for the summer and so everyone's planning their trips and planning what kind of things they want to wear, what kind of bathing suits they want to get and you can really just feel it starting straight away, right? So I hope that you're enjoying all of that and if it's not spring for you, I hope that you're enjoying whatever transition you're in or whatever place you're in right now. Um, I told you guys last week that the Eve Luna community is actually live so you have the option of joining either the free membership if you just want to get your feet wet and you enjoy the content on this podcast and you enjoy the, the content on my blog This might be a great way for you to get your feet wet and see if you want to be a part of the paid memberships. Essentially, the way it works is that I will be offering exclusive content, special podcast episodes, videos and blog posts to those of you who are part of the Avea Luna membership. This will range from things that I have on the regular membership to things that are strictly uh, yoga content, for example, or well-being content that I would keep for Avea Luna as part of my coaching or my teachings. This is what this would include, right? It being the Avea Luna community. If you want to be a part of the paid memberships, that's great. I really invite you to join me and do that because we actually have group meetings regularly and we do some group yoga and some, some group meditation rather, sorry. And we talk about all those things. We talk about the themes from that week, be it the content that I shared that week on the podcast or on 
videos or anything that you guys want to bring up from past episodes or that you were going through that week. It's really just a nice time to touch base, to connect, to meet people and to hear the different things, right? People might have questions that you have or that you didn't know you had until you heard them or I might give you an answer that might help you with another question that you had or something that you'd been going through that week that you didn't even realize you needed some help with or some a different perspective for so that's what that membership is about that one is $24.99 a month and obviously you can cancel at any time if you feel like it's not for you or like it wasn't what you wanted um but I really do invite you to join us, whether it, whatever membership you choose, I really do invite you to join because you will get the best content. It will be structured in the sense that it will make sense to to you and to what we're doing at that time. Like I said, it will be themed. It will be based on what I'm touching on that week. And even if you're not part of the paid membership, there will be a community to be a part of and you will be getting special discounts. You will be getting uh, invitations to community events. So all of that remains. Uh, It just changes as we go into the memberships because we just offer different things as well as discounts on working privately with me. But you will still get some freebies and you will still be get some early early bird, you know, content as well. So and access. So don't worry about that. And so we have that community membership. We have the paid membership, the paid yoga and well-being membership. And then we have the coaching and teachers membership. This is obviously picking up from everything we have in the other two memberships, but adding business and blogging, businesses, business and blogging in that if you are running a business or a blog or both and you're trying to grow this and turn it into a business or grow an existing business or maybe you want to take your business online or maybe you want to start a blog. If these are things that you're thinking about, then this membership is for you. For $49.99 a month, I talk about all those things. So every week, again, you have access to all the yoga and well-being things um, and you get the business aspect of things. If you don't want as much as uh, as much of the yoga and well-being things, you don't have to select those. Um, and then you just continue to have access to my general database when you feel like having content, uh, when you feel like touching in, touching on something or diving into some kind of topic. But the point with this membership is that we really get into how to start a business, how to take a business online, how to grow a business how to grow a blog, how to start a blog, how to get more clients, how to build a digital presence, how to work on your marketing, how to work on your branding, how to build a community, how to travel and make money, how to be location independent and all of that stuff, how to make more money, how to make money as a yoga instructor. And this will be specifically for yoga instructors and well-being coaches. So everything that's related in that sense where obviously I can offer that expertise and we're all going to be kind of in the same world in a way so that we can actually help each other and that it's more relevant. Naturally, we will be talking about other things and it will not be specifically for yoga and well-being businesses, but that is the main the main focus. And then from there we build and obviously we can uh, grow from there, from that basic principle. So anything like that, different goals that you have, time management, organizational things, even talking about outsourcing and hiring in your business, all of those things, we will be talking about that. That's the focus of the weekly content and that will also be the focus of the the group meetings. 
And of course, you will be getting discounts on working privately with me as well. So all these tier, this tiered pricing is just based on whatever your preference is. So it's not necessarily choosing one over the other in that you won't get any, like, as in if you choose the paid membership for yoga and well-being, you will get all the content for yoga and well-being, diving deeper into the content that I create regularly and it being specifically for your group. If you go for the business one, so the teachers and coaches business platform, you will obviously get content for yoga and well-being naturally because that's that's what this is all about. But it will have the added bonus of business coaching, <clears throat> pardon me, of business coaching and group sessions for business coaching, essentially, and added bonuses for working privately with me because this might require you to work on yourself personally and work on your business as it requires all of us to do so right the best businesses are the ones where ourselves and our business are aligned so this is why I offer more with this program and why it's priced higher is because we're not just doing the same amount same amount of work as with the other platform but in a different topic we're actually doing a lot of the same things, but we're adding all the other aspects. So we still want to work on ourselves and we still want to do all those things, but we want to add the business aspect of it. We want to add the coaching and the mentorship for starting slash growing slash, you know, managing and all of that, a business and or a blog. So that's what that's for. And like I said, if you want to focus more on the business and the blogging, that's fine. But you still get the added bonuses to work at on discounts to work with me privately. So in the end, you don't lose anything. You get a lot, a lot of value for a really low price of $49.99. Normally working with me one-on-one -on -one is a completely separate price from that. Um, so that's how I've worked out the, the payments and the memberships. Okay, so that's all for that. <laughs> I hope that that was pretty clear. And uh, and I hope to see you there, jenangela.com, and click on the Availuna tab and the rest. It will guide you to where you need to be. If you have any questions at any point, there are contact me forms everywhere on my website. And obviously you can reach out to me on Instagram if you have any questions, jen.angela. That's jen with a G dot Angela. And for my website, of course, Jen Angela in one word, Jen with a G, Angela.com. Okay, so for today, you guys, I wanted to talk about something that we touch on often, um, but and but that we haven't actually touched on in a few episodes. So for those of you who are new to this show, a lot of what we talk about here is yoga, yes, but more mindfulness in terms of how we take our yoga practice beyond the mat, right? So we're not necessarily talking just about yoga in movement or yoga on the mat. We're making those kinds of parallels. We're really talking about how we navigate through life. So our mental health, our emotional well-being, conflicts that we might have, pains that we may have to heal, all of that stuff. And we try to navigate it, navigate through it in a mindful way. Because at the end of the day, there are so many things we learn in yoga and in meditation and in our mindfulness practices that can help us in our day-to-day -day lives. From the mundane things that we need to get through with some proper tools to the heavier, more dramatic events in our lives, right? So that's what this podcast is about. So today, what I wanted to talk about is a practice of boundary setting and a practice of non-attachment. 
and how those two are really important and how they work well together. So in the past, we talked about boundaries. We have a boundaries for balance part one and a boundaries for balance part two. We also talked about forgiveness in previous episodes and we've talked about non-attachment as well in the earlier episodes at the very beginning. Now, in terms of setting boundaries, simply put, a boundary is something put in place so that you can love yourself and the other person in question at the same time, right? It's so that nobody has to be uncomfortable or put in a situation where they're compromising themselves or betraying themselves, right? And now you might not say love for every person that you're sending setting boundaries with. You might not be saying to yourself, I'm setting this boundary to love us both, both me and you. But the idea is to, that we do, that we set boundaries with love. We don't set boundaries because we hate someone. We don't set boundaries to gaslight someone or to emotionally reject someone or to cut someone out or to, or to, um, like, do like do the silent treatment to someone like we're not doing it to hurt someone we set boundaries because we're choosing to have a relationship with someone but these will be the boundaries in that relationship and so boundaries are healthy boundaries and they are made with love they're set with love at the end of the day right because the distinction between deciding that you don't want someone in your life anymore yes that's a boundary but at the same time you're doing it because you want, you know that that's not something that you want anymore and that's a boundary that you have with yourself. You've had the conversation with yourself and said, you know what, this relationship is only negative, it's only hurting me. I need to cut this person out. I need to sever ties and I need to not have this relationship anymore. So that's a boundary that you've set with yourself. So yeah, that boundary was also set in love. And then when you're dealing with a troublesome person that you have to continue to be with or continue to see and you set boundaries, again, at the end of the day, it is a conversation you're having with yourself. And so these boundaries are still set in love. And so when they say things like, oh, I'm setting these boundaries so that I can love me and you at the same time. The reason for that is not necessarily because we love every person we have boundaries with, but it's because whatever we're doing, we're doing out of love and we're also doing it so that we don't in turn react negatively to, toward that person, which often not having any boundaries can make us react na- nastily to someone or in a way that is not necessarily graceful or gracious or kind, right? So we set boundaries so that we're not in those positions. Because defending ourselves or responding in a certain way is not the same thing as reacting or being hurtful or retaliating or seeking revenge, right? They're not the same thing. So setting boundaries so that what happens after can have some space in it. So that there's space between what is said and what is done about that. And so it's not just fight or flight, but actually a mindful situation. And so we set boundaries for that reason. And so... Boundaries are important for that reason, and we're going to get into more details about that in different case scenarios. And then when we talk about non-attachment, we're talking about forgiveness. We're also talking about acceptance. And we're talking about not holding on to something, which in turn brings us kind of back to boundaries, right? Creating space. 
I always like to see boundaries as creating space, right? Creating space for ourselves to be able to think and to be able to hand a situation or relationship properly. Space between us and the other person. Space between our different thoughts uh, so that it's no longer a trigger but actually a response. I always see boundaries like that. And I think that's really helpful to to keep in mind because when we think boundaries, sometimes we think, well, so if I'm setting boundaries, so there are two things that people tend to say to me when I talk about boundaries. One, they'll say, well, that's just, I'm, I'm avoiding actually just saying what I feel and it's that I don't like them and I want to put them in their place and this and that and the other and I want to address all the things that they've done to me. And so putting setting boundaries is not really what I want to do right now. I really want to just get back at them. I get that sometimes. Or I get, <clears throat> sorry, or I get, well, is, am I not being a little bit mean by setting these boundaries? Is it not, like, isn't that uncomfortable? Like, I have to just tell them, like, that this is how it's going to be now. And isn't that going to cause drama? Should I just leave, should I just leave this alone and just not make a big deal out of it? I get the two and I'm going to address both of those today so the first one wanting to bypass the boundary bit and just go straight to revenge or like one-upping the other person or getting back at them or anything like that that's all a reaction to triggers that is all fight or flight it's all adrenaline it's anger it's pain it's impulse and at the end of the day it doesn't do anything for you yeah because the only satisfaction you get is from planning that and it's from is is from thinking of the redemption you think you'll feel after or the satisfaction you think you'll have way more than it's about the actual satisfaction you will have after it's done And this is, and we've talked about this in past episodes as well. So in other words, you will gain all this built up excitement, negative excitement rather, because it's not really like a positive excitement. You think it is. It's masked as a positive excitement because you're getting an endorphin rush. But actually, it's for a negative reason. And then when it all plays out, you might have maybe an initial moment of, wow, I've been waiting so long to do that. But when all is said and done... Like, what has that actually done to you? As soon as that moment fades, you're still going to be dealing with the fact that this person hurt you. Right? It's not not about having the last word or about winning. Like, life is not actually about that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it isn't really. When you're really in touch with your feelings and you really want to heal, it's about healing inside. That's an internal journey, which means that one-upping someone or having the last word or winning, quote-unquote, will not actually bring you that inner peace, okay? Because they're, they're not connected. So whatever happens on the outside with that person escapes you and your actual healing. When it's something like that, when it's a reaction or it's an impulse or it's done negatively, because actually it's just a result of pain. So it's something that manifested because there's pain inside of you. Instead, what we want to do is have whatever result that comes from a situ- that comes of a situation be caused by healing such as healthy boundaries so 
when we think of that impulsive feeling we get when we think of someone who's wronged us or we look back at a time when someone said something hurtful to us and we did not defend ourselves or we didn't say what we would have said now, what we would say now, for example, and then we get all angry like, I can't believe I let that person say that. Or I can't believe that happened and I didn't say anything. Or you look back and you realize that actually for years you had a relationship that you thought was a certain way but actually was not like that at all. And you have to come to terms with the fact that the whole time that person was actually being super abusive. And you just didn't realize it. Like you didn't think, you thought it was normal and you thought, you know, and that's extremely painful to to go through and to deal with, right? So all of those things are really painful. And it can make us angry, obviously, and upset. And if we don't heal those things, it will eat us alive because we're so in pain that if we let the pain in, engulf us, we will only have reactions of pain, right? It's kind of like if you put too much black in a certain color when you're painting, it will become all dark, right? You have to see your pain like that. If you let your pain grow and grow and grow and take over you, you will only have pain. You will only feel pain, see pain, hear pain. You will only act pain, talk pain, <laughs> think pain, you know, do pain. It, that's just all that will come. So we need to heal in order for, first and foremost, for us to be at peace, right? We forgive so that we no longer live with resentment. We forgive so that we can move on. We heal and understand our lessons and realize our potential and our new chapters and our new found layers by shedding the old ones, by understanding where those had to be and why those had to go and why we're here now. It's only through that we can come out of something, okay? The only way out is through with healing. So we need to do the work. And it's not fun. It's easy to just think, well, I'm just going to avoid it now and, you know, do all the buffering that I know how. Overeating, overdrinking, overspending, over whatever, you know, as to, so as to not feel what needs feeling. But we try to heal, we try to go through things so that we can actually learn. Okay, so when you're thinking of someone who's wronged you, or you're thinking of any of the things I just mentioned before, it's so easy to get caught up in that again because you go back to who you were in that moment, right? Except in that moment, you probably didn't realize anything. You either didn't realize anything, so you didn't say anything, or you did realize, but you didn't say anything. And so now you're upset. Either way, you're upset because you didn't say anything, right? And you're looking back and you start to feel annoyed, and you start to feel agitated. And you start to feel a bit angry. And you can feel some physical symptoms inside of you. Like, oh my God, I should have said something. Oh my God, how dare they? Oh my God, how could they? Oh my God, I wish I can go back and say something. All of that. But let me tell you something. When you feel that... When you look at a situation and it makes you feel that way because you think to yourself, that is not how I would handle it now, that is teaching you two things. One, it's good to have space between moments 
because we learn. Even though it might not give you that good feeling you expect from a good moment, from a good, you know, sometimes it's the painful things that teach us the most. So space between moments and space between thoughts and space between reactions and, you know, so that they create more of a response rather than a reaction. So space is good because we learn. And the second thing it teaches you is that you're probably not who you were then. You're probably no longer that person. So that's a good thing. Now, both these things I've mentioned are good, but they don't always feel good, do they? So then you think to yourself, well, this doesn't feel good. Isn't growing and space and mindfulness supposed to feel good? This doesn't feel good. And it's like, no, you're right. It doesn't feel good right now, but it does not mean it's not the right thing. And here's what's true. Now, when things work, when things bring you forward, when things level you up and when things serve you, they're not always easy. Like for example, deciding to dedicate yourself to a healthy lifestyle might not always be easy. Deciding to work really hard to build your dream business, that's not always going to be easy. In fact, it's not easy to do those things. Making big choices for ourselves to live the life that we want is not easy. But it doesn't mean it doesn't serve us. It doesn't mean it's not the best decision we've ever made, right? We don't do things because they're easy. We do things because they're the right things. And so you can take different examples in your life where you've done something that to you, you can never go back from. Like you you built your dream business or perhaps you have a really healthy lifestyle now that you can never see yourself going back from. Yeah, well, I'm sure it wasn't always easy. It's the same thing with our emotional healing. It's the exact same thing. No, it's not easy to have to realize that our relationship was actually a shit show (laughs) and that we were abused or bullied or that this person did not care about us or that they were hurting us the whole time. Yeah, that sucks. I know. And yeah, it sucks to think that we didn't say anything and that now we wish we could. Yeah, that sucks. But... Now, we learned. We know. Here we are. And we're better for it because A, we're never going to let ourselves go through that again. And B, we know that we need to cut that nasty thing out of our lives. That nasty dynamic, that toxic dynamic, we need to cut it out of our lives. That's a really, really good place to be. Bear with me. We're going to get to the nitty gritty of how to solve that other feeling. So, So just rest assured in the fact that you are not the same person now if you are able to make that distinction between how you would handle it now and how you handled it then. That is a big, big, big step. The second step is that space between moments and finding a different conclusion in the end is actually good. Like being able to say, oh, I wouldn't have done that like that now. Like if this had happened now, I would not have handled it that way. But I, you know, and then we think, I really wish I would have handled it that way then. That could be frustrating. I understand. I really, really do. But the fact that you have that space means that you can actually respond properly. It means that you can actually make your next move one that is actually representative of who you are now and of the kind of life you want to live now. So it's good that you haven't responded, or it's good that you didn't say anything back then. Because now, you have nothing to regret. You have nothing to 
you know, you never said anything hurtful. You didn't do anything bad. Yes, okay, you should have said something. And yes, that could have been some self-betrayal, you know, especially if you were aware and you just didn't say anything. Yeah, but we often self that we often betray ourselves. But that's the point. We learn so that we don't do it anymore. But now you know. Like again, like that's the point I'm trying to make. You know now. So yeah, it may have been self-betrayal. It may have been things that you're not proud of and that you wouldn't do anymore and that you tried to fix, but that's just it. Like we'll all, no matter how we slice it, we'll always come back full circle to the fact that A, you're not the same person, okay? You're better now, stronger now, more aware now, more mindful, and B, You've created space so that now your next move can be indicative of who you are today. Because who you are today only wants the girl who or the man or the, the, the guy or the girl who was there to say something. Because you feel for her or him. So you want her to say something or you want him to say something. That's why you feel that way. But that was then. And that moment happened. And that's it. But who you are today is what matters. Because mark my words, if you were to be with those people again, they would try the same thing. So how you reacted then doesn't matter. Because if they would have gotten satisfaction, they'd be done and they'd never do it again. And if they didn't get their way, because you had reacted a certain way or whatever, they also wouldn't be happy because they didn't get their way. Either way, people who are hurtful and people who do mean things are not going to get satisfaction from any reaction. Not in the long term anyway. Not in any real way. They know it. We know it. It's a, it's a rule. Mean people don't actually get satisfaction from what they do. Otherwise, they'd stop eventually, right? But they don't. Like, when have you seen an evil person be like, oh, I just ruined that person's life. I'm good now. Like, when has that ever, like, wh- when has that ever made any difference? No, they're going to be like, wow, yay, a little bit of a rush. Oh, now it's past. I need to do it again. Right? Either to you again or to someone else again. But they're going to do it again. Which means that it doesn't matter how you reacted then. First of all, it was then. So it's in the past. And secondly, it would have done nothing. Like, you'd still be in this position. You'd still be having to understand your relationship with that person and you'd still be wanting to do things differently now that you know better so either way you'd still be here right and again your feeling of wanting to say something before is also a bit of like not revenge like definitely you want to stand up for yourself but there is an element of of reaction there right it's more of like reacting to a trigger when you think of that oh i should have said something that's a reaction to a trigger. What we're working on is response. Yeah? Response to a situation. Okay? So now we're going to move on into that now. So if you've had that situation and you've been thinking of all of those things with that person. Okay. So the first thing to do is to understand your relationship with that person. Understand the moments that stick out to you and that tend to torment you a little bit inside. And break them down. Now, I don't know each and every one of your examples right now, whatever you might be thinking right now, I don't know. But generally speaking, and speaking from my experiences as well, what I did was look at each moment or look at the group of moments that triggered the same things and think, all right, you can either trigger me and ruin me or you can trigger me and teach me. It's my choice. But now, 
if I choose one, then that means that I'm choosing to let you ruin me. Or I'm choosing to let you teach me. And that is my choice. Which, yes, does mean that in the end you're ruining yourself or you're teaching yourself, ultimately, right? So do you want to be the one to ruin yourself? Because nobody else has that power, by the way. Right? Or do you want to be the one to teach yourself? So, if you want to be the one to teach yourself, you need to think, right, okay, why are these things triggering me? Why does it bother me that that person said that? What does it make me feel? First and foremost, not what should I have said, what would I say, what will I say, no. How did I feel then, if you can remember? And how do I feel now? And touch base with those feelings and emotions. Feel the physical symptoms of that. And then when you're ready, you can say what they are. You can write them down. You can say them out loud. Just what are they? And ask yourself, like, why does it bother me that they said that? Why does it hurt me? Your answer might be, well, it annoyed me that they could say that to me, that they thought it was okay to talk to me like that. Or it annoys me that they just keep thinking that about me. Or I don't like that they think I'm stupid. Or I don't like that they that they think I'm fat. Or I don't like that they think I'm ugly. Or I don't like that, that they keep making comments about my job. Or I don't like that they keep insulting me all the time and that they keep putting me down and etc, etc. They insult my person. They insult my intelligence. They insult my work, my studies, my my worth. They they they're they're really hurtful people. Okay. So with that, why does it hurt you? Okay, well it makes me feel annoyed. It makes me feel angry. I don't like to be um well I don't like to be spoken to that way. It's I don't like to be treated that way. Um, it's really rude. Like, it bothers me to think that they just go around talking like that and that they think they can just talk to me like that. I could never talk to someone like that. I'm basing this off things I've heard and also things I've said myself when I was sorting through it. So hopefully some of these will resonate with you. And in fact, yeah, those some of those things were things I've said to myself when I was going through things. And I, I mean, friendship-wise... I've had pretty nice friendships. Like, I've kept my friendships since I was a child. Like, all my close friends now have been just my friends. I have some friends that I've been friends with since I was four. Others, I mean, we're on, what, 10 years, over 10 years now. Um, like, I had to have a, I have close friendships and friendships that don't work out just don't work out. Like, it's never been a massive drama, to be honest. The things that I have had to work through is were family relationships and one big breakup I had and obviously my relationship with myself and the different things I was you know going through at one point to really heal from from a a dark place that I was in and make trying to make sense of everything and and I think a lot of that does happen like when you're entering your 20s and you're in your early 20s and you're becoming an adult and there's a lot to sort through so throughout all that time I did a lot of this work and so I really, I can speak from experience with a lot of this stuff. I think we all can, to be honest. But a lot of the work I did with my breakup 
it was after a five-year relationship and I had to do a lot of this and think of the different triggers and think of the different things that were hurting me and why I felt the way I felt and I had to go through all of those phases and at the end of the day a lot of these things are grief right grieving the loss of a relationship or grieving the family member you thought you had in that person um, if it's a family relationship you're, you're healing from right now whatever it is you have to heal from the grief either that the relationship is done or that you you no longer like you don't have that person for example realizing that a relationship you thought was a certain way whatever kind of relationship friendship romantic family realizing that it was actually not like that all along is really painful it's difficult to deal with that so you have to grieve the loss of a whole time of your life you have to grieve the loss of this person as you knew them and you also have to grieve the loss of the person you will you never had in them and that you won't have in them so there's a lot to unpack there right and again i don't know every single situation that i'm speaking to right now but you often there are a lot of levels of grief in in situations right grief is complicated for that reason there's no simple grieving process it doesn't happen so For example, with my breakup, it was sorting through a lot of the things that happened over five years from 16 to 21. Like those are very formative years. So there was a lot that happened there. And I had to sort through all of that. There were some things I had to, that I was angry about, that I had to forgive. There were other things that I had to let go of that were beautiful. There were other things that I had to know I would never have. There were some things I had to realize were, you know, really not good and that actually I, I, really don't want that and uh, you know and all of the things that come with the breakup but I actually got over that that was one of the biggest things and one of the first biggest healing processes I had but then came a lot of family relationship well a lot a few family relationships I had to heal from and family dynamics I had to heal from and actually those were more difficult for me those were a little bit more challenging because well I mean it's family for one so it's always a little bit trickier I find but also it was um it was just different like in my breakup it wasn't a question of someone being hurtful to me or someone consistently doing a certain thing like it wasn't really like that for example the family issues that i had there were a couple of relationships that i i really had to just i had to cut the ties because i was looking at the relationship and thinking well this is not healthy you're you're so hurtful to me i don't need this anymore And it took me time because I had to look back and think, oh my God, all this time I confided in you and all this time I thought we were friends more than even family members, thought we were friends, but actually you threw it all in my face in, in your own way, slowly but surely until finally you it, it took on a life of its own. Like the things that were happening near the end there were just like ridiculous, ridiculous, right? Which is why in the end I severed ties because it was just like, okay, this is beyond anything that that is salvageable, right? This is not even this is not even worth it at this point. Like the, it's not even a question of let me set boundaries. It's just a question of like I don't need this or want this in my orbit. Like, <laughs> you know? And so I did that. I just I didn't tell the person I'm cutting ties with you. I just did. Like I just kind of let it die out, right? And so and that was it. And in the end, I mean, obviously that's what like obviously the other person doesn't mind either. And so that's fine. But it came, It took me realizing that those things were happening. And then there was a time where I thought, 
no, 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 surely that's not what's actually happening, or surely I can make this better, or surely I can put thing, I can make things right, and I can be like, well, listen, actually, I only want to continue this relationship if we can agree that that's not how that's going to be anymore, and that can't be done anymore, and you can't say those things to me anymore, and you know, this is my truth, and this is what I'm about, and the things that you're saying are really abusive, really inappropriate, and like, where are they coming from? What, like, what does that even, what would you think in your head when you think, yeah, I'm going to say that to you right now? Like, what even happens? <laughs> like, why? You know, and it's, it, they were these very, like, passive-aggressive things as well. So it's not like we'd have rows. And then I'd be like, oh, what's wrong with you? No, it was like these little things she'd say in passing. And I was like, what? <laughs> and in fact, in the moment, I was just like, huh? It was in hindsight, actually, that I was like, oh, okay. And initially, I did want to set some boundaries and think, okay, well, I don't mind having a relationship with her, but I want to have an open and honest conversation about the fact that this can't continue this way. But then in time, I realized that it was like one-sided in that, well, partly one-sided and also partly way more effort than it was worth. Like I realized that sometimes you want to make things right because you think that's the right thing to do, especially with family, but actually you're perfectly entitled to not having a relationship with someone just because they're your family doesn't mean you have to be betraying yourself or doing things that make you uncomfortable or putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? And that's an important lesson as well is that boundaries is not only to make a relationship more manageable. Boundaries can be put in place to just not have a relationship anymore, right? And which is the case in in this particular situation. And and the same with, with um, another family member. In fact, the two of them are, are related and it, kind of like a bundle where I just, different situations with each, but a bundle kind of idea, <laughs> like a package deal. And it's just for both. It's just, it, there's no relationship there anymore. And in fact, they're not even invited to the wedding uh, party that we're having in Montreal because there's no relationship there. Like, it's not even a question. Like, why would I even have? And again, it's come to a point where I, it's not even out of malice or anything like that. It's just neutral. There's no relationship. It's just, it is what it is kind of thing, right? But it took time to get there. It took it took a lot of the phases I mentioned to you before. A lot of the going back and thinking, oh, I would have wanted to say something. Or, oh, I would have wanted to. But no, I was only thinking that because I was looking back at myself. And I felt for myself then. I felt for the girl that was there. I felt bad. But I'm me now. And... Those moments were those moments then. And me now is living my life anyway. Me now is living my life, a life that I'm happy with. And and that's all there is to it, really. It's irrelevant. You know, and, and, and opinions, what do they matter? I talked about this in non-attachment. Like, the, I want to use this to lead to non-attachment. Like, once you've done the healing, once you've set the boundaries and said, okay, that was not okay. Like, these are conversations you can have with yourself, right? That behavior was not okay that I didn't deserve that. I don't want that in my life. These are conversations you have with yourself. These are decisions that you make. If you decide the relationship is not worth pursuing and you just don't want these people in your life anymore, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to say, you don't even have to say it to them. You're allowed to just not have a relationship with this person anymore. Equally, if you are in a position where you have to say it or you want to say it, then you can as well. But you're, you don't have to stay in relationships you're not happy in. 
Equally, you can be in a relationship and then set some new boundaries because, well, you need to set boundaries or perhaps both parties feel they need to set boundaries and then your relationship is actually stronger afterwards, right? There's like a newfound intimacy and a newfound strength in your relationship or your friendship or your whatever it may be. So boundaries don't necessarily mean distance. They just mean space so that beautiful things can grow, yeah? That's all the boundaries are. Boundaries are kind of like the landscaping of a beautiful garden, right? So that everything can grow in harmony and plants can grow in harmony and everything can work out nicely and you can have a nice ecosystem. Like boundaries are there for that. Boundaries don't mean no or you have to get out of my life or this is unacceptable. Like, no, that's not what boundaries are, right? So, but in order to be able to set healthy boundaries, you need to understand the situations, which means that you need to go through the healing process because, why? Because you want to avoid reacting to triggers. What do you want to do instead? You want to respond to situations. That's the main theme here. And how do we do that? By healing. How do we heal? By understanding the process and by understanding what happened. What's the relationship? What are the triggers? What did the triggers make us feel? Now what do we do? What do we wish we could do? What do we want to do? Why? How much of that is also self-betrayal? How much of that will actually serve us? Like that's a healing process, right? Do you really want to hurt anybody? Do you? No. Do you really want to continue in a toxic dynamic? That might just look a little bit different because now you're saying more than you did at the time. If that's what you want, then you're just continuing a toxic dynamic. I'm sure that's not what you want. What you want is to be at peace. But we all want to be happy and to be at peace. So the only way we can do that is to develop happiness and peace inside of us. That's the only way. We cannot look for those things in other people. We certainly cannot look for those things in people who are harming us, right? Okay, so we have to find those things within ourselves. And when you let yourself be in pain because of someone else, you are letting them control and have control over your life. Because just because someone did something mean or said something hurtful does not mean that it has to, it has to affect your life, right? It doesn't. They're just opinions. People who judge or who are hurtful or who you know, say and do hurtful things, they're just opinions. It's opinions they have about themselves and they take them on, they take, sorry, they take them out on you. But they're really just opinions and feelings and emotions and, and, and things, you know, whatever they may be, triggers that have to do with their narrative, their dialogue. And you're a vehicle through which they manifest whatever they're feeling for themselves. So letting that affect your life, letting that ruin your life is like, but but why? It's not your life. It's not your pain. It's not your drama. It's not your narrative. It's theirs. So what you have to heal is the pain that was caused by them acting out their narrative. Yes, that is pain. And you need to heal that. And you need to understand it and grow from it, yes. And we heal from that. But it's not our pain. Pain does not belong to us. Right? We don't, pain is not ours. Pain is something that we go through and that we heal from. And then we let it go. Otherwise, we're not healing. So this is the non-attachment portion. Is that non-attachment is just not taking it on and letting it 
become your life. So again, if someone hurts you and you hold on to that resentment or you hold on to that pain, then you're taking on that pain because it becomes your life. So then, yeah, you've taken it on. And now imagine they're in pain, which is why they treated you poorly. You take on that pain because it hurts. Fair enough. But then you turn that pain as if it wasn't bad enough and you turn it into resentment, bitterness, nastiness, more pain, um, anger, sad. Like you, you, it grows. And it, a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it is toward them. So then there's this weird like competition or this weird toxic dynamic that you've engaged in based on the toxic, di- the toxic dynamic they, ha- they have internally. So two people are feeling the negative drama of one person. So not only are you having to deal with the pain that you've not healed yet, but you're dealing with their drama. You're dealing with their pain too. That's what's happening. Once you look at it like that, doesn't it make you actually want to heal so that you don't have to be taking on their drama as well? Because I don't know about you, but I have enough to handle with my own life. I I don't need to be living two lives or three lives. Everyone's responsible for their own lives. I have my life to think about. um, And that's that, right? As in, I have a partner and I have friends and family and like, yes, okay, sure. But we're all responsible for our lives, right? But feeling the pain for someone else and letting it consume you is like feeling, is like living their lives for them. And trying to do something about their drama or their lives. That's not, that's not expected of you. In fact, that will not be sustainable for you and it's not healthy for you. So that's not what you should do. What you should do is focus on your pain, heal that, and then I promise you, through healing that pain, you will be able to let go. Right? And to an extent, you need to let go of them and actually focus on your pain as your own. But then also through healing, you'll be able to let go of the whole thing once it's done, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like you need to let go of them so that you stop focusing on your pain as being attached to them, right? It's no longer attached to them. It's just your pain. And so this way you're less focused on what you want to do back to them or how you feel about them or, right? It's less about them and it's more like, oh, I'm feeling this right now. I need to sort through this. Then it goes away and then you can, you know, you can heal through it and you're good. And then you can also look at the whole situation and be like, right, well, that's behind me now. And now I just take the lessons, right? Does that make sense? It's kind of like when you get stuck by a bee, stung by a bee or stung by a mosquito or bitten by a mosquito. Are you like obsessed about the mosquito? Like that freaking mosquito. I need to find that mosquito. If I could just see that mosquito again. No. Like if that's how you were going to think and you were going to start hating all mosquitoes, First of all, the mosquitoes don't care. And secondly, what, by doing that, you're forgetting to heal your own, your own bite and your own deal. And you're creating more unnecessary pain and discomfort emotionally and physically. What's the point of that? No point. Focus on your boo-boo. Let the mosquito go. Focus on your pain. Focus on your finger, wherever it bit you. Once that heals, you can be like, okay, that's behind me now. But I've learned my lesson. 
you know, I'm going to put bug spray on or whatever. You know, I mean, it's maybe a weird analogy that sort of doesn't serve its purpose at the end. But you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you take it, you learn and that's it. And I'm not trying to simplify severe pain here. I'm not trying to make light of serious pain and trauma. That's really not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to paint a picture of why it's important to understand that we have to be like we have to be responsible for our healing process and nothing else. Nothing less, nothing more. That's the point of what I'm trying to say. So in in doing all of this, we allow ourselves to not attach to it. And only through not attaching will we be able to actually shed those layers. Like, yes, those layers were necessary at some point. Yes, we needed to have all of that baggage to in, in order to sort through it. But now that we've sorted through it, it's okay to let it go. In fact, in the spirit of spring cleaning, here's another analogy. When you're sorting through your house to do some spring cleaning or when you're moving and you're cleaning all your things and you're realizing, okay, well, this is a perfect opportunity to get rid of things I don't need anymore or that I don't use. Then you're looking at things and you're saying, you served your purpose at one point, for better or for worse, but I, but it's in the past now. It's not relevant anymore. Like you've, it's, it's run its course. You can go and you release the things, Right. That's the same kind of thing. It's a healing process, right? It's emotional. It's cathartic, right? To go through those processes. But it's the same thing. So setting boundaries in terms of setting boundaries with yourself and having the dialogue with yourself to know what you want in your life and what you need and what you need to do to get there. That's one thing. But also boundaries so that you know what pain is yours and what pain is not yours. And what is your responsibility and was what is not your responsibility. And then as well, boundaries in terms of what you want to do with that relationship going forward. If you don't want a relationship with that person anymore, then respect that boundary you've set with yourself and not wanting a relationship with that person. But if you're continuing to let this person stay in your mind and in your heart, you're pursuing a relationship with this person, just a different kind. So if you don't want this person in your life anymore, respect your decision, respect your boundary, and don't have this person in your life anymore. And I know it's easier said than done. Trust me, I know. But then you have to go back to your healing process. Your personal healing process. Your personal journey. And do the work there. But it's not attached to that person. It's two separate things. Yeah? And then when that's sorted, you go to your, you go back to your non-attachment practice. And again, this is not linear. You're going back and forth and things. But... You go back to your non-attachment and you think, I'm not attaching to this pain. I'm not attaching to this person. I'm not attaching to who I was then because that was then and now I'm now. Just like I'm not attached to who I am now because tomorrow I'll also be someone different. You know, like we, we practice non-attachment in general so that there's, again, we're creating space. When you hold on to something and you want to possess something because you want to control it, that just leads to anxiety and fear right? Because when we live in harmony and we live in non-attachment, we're not afraid to lose something. We figure, oh, if that goes, we'll go through our healing process and we'll, we'll crack on. But when we hold on to something for dear life, because we're so afraid, oh my God, then my goodness, when it gets taken from us or when something happens, all hell breaks loose, right? Okay, so finding that balance in our lives in terms of, okay, Yes, of course, I hold things dear, but they are not mine. I am not going to suffocate this thing or, or 
possess something so much. I want to control my possession of something so much that I ruin it anyway. Yeah? So that's what we want to do. You don't possess the pain. You don't possess yourself. And you don't possess that their drama, their whatever they've put on you because of the pain they're feeling. You, you don't have to attach to that at all. Right? You don't. So you release that. You release it. And think of the things in your life where you don't feel that attached. You just feel like, oh, that doesn't really have much of an effect on me. Why do you feel that that person or that thing doesn't have much of an effect on you? Because you've not created an attachment. You've not created something that makes you feel like like that thing has control over you and you have control over it. Because that's what attachment is. It's that thing has control over you, you have control over it, but really it has control over you and so on and so forth. But when something does not have a hold on you that way, you're not hooked on something. You don't feel anxiety at the thought of losing it. You don't feel that same thing. Or you don't feel, uh, you know, triggered when something happens, right? So for example, you take a person who's, who's caused you pain and you take a person that's neutral to you. The person who's caused you pain, of course, it's problematic. Of course, you feel attached to it because they've caused you pain, right? And because in a way, that person has control or the, they have the illusion of control, like you think that they have control over you, right? And if you let them, they will, whether they realize it or not. If you let them, they will. But you have the power to choose what has control over you because if you wanted to be triggered by that person who is neutral to you right now, you could. You could find a reason to be triggered and then boom, there you go. That person triggers you. But they don't. They're neutral because you've chosen that. The same thing with a difficult person. You've chosen to let them trigger you. Now, of course, I'm not saying that when things happen or when people are hurtful, it's your fault. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, we choose the outcome of situations. Again, it's about responding to situations. So you can let triggers ruin you or you can let them teach you right? You can let this person who's hurt you run your life, okay? Or you can choose to let it be a learning moment. At the end of the day, it's your decision, okay? Once the thing has happened and they've said or done the hurtful thing, yeah, that's on them. But what happens after that is on you. Like with everything else in our lives, our successes, everything, our, our choices that we make, they're on us for better or for worse, right? And we learn and we keep going. That's just how it works, right? So keep that in mind when you're going through the things. Rather than blaming or rather than resenting someone because of what they did to you or what, or how it's killing you or how it's tormenting you, ask yourself, what can I do to not attach to this right now and do my healing? Because I guarantee you, when you do your own healing, the rest doesn't matter. You no longer feel attached to the person who did it or to the situation. You don't. You're just focused on healing. It's just about you. And then once you've healed, once you've gone through that thing, you can let it go. And then when you revisit it every now and then, you're like, oh yeah, that, all right, okay. Kind of like me with the situations I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I can go back and be like, yeah, those things were tough. I can think back at some dark times or some difficult times where I was really struggling and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was rough. But I let go of it. Once I healed from it, I let go. So now when I revisit those things, of course I remember. But it doesn't affect me. 
right? Of course I remember. But I don't let it control me or be... Uh, I don't attach to it. It's not a part of, of my reality right now. You know, it's just not. Like, it's a part of my tapestry. Like, every single moment is part of my tapestry. But it's not... Um, it's not part of my reality, right? And I can look at it objectively. I can look at it neutrally and be like, right, I'm a neutral observer of that time in my life and of the people involved. And that's just that. Because I chose to let go of the people, let go of the situation, let go of this this hold that the whole thing had on me and that ultimately I had on myself, right? I let go, which is scary scary to let go it's scary to think of a of a painful situation and say I'm going to surrender and just let go and do the healing it's hard because we're thinking of the people and we're thinking of survival and we're thinking of our emotions and our triggers and we want to keep everyone at bay or we want to we want to assert control over the fact that we feel like we've lost control because we've been hurt and you know it's survival so we're frantic and so to let go you know initially especially after trauma or after a difficult situation is very frightening. It's super challenging. But when you do and you surrender and you let go, that's when the healing happens. And then when that's done, right? And you're like, okay, you feel free. You feel free because you've actually shed it out. You will not feel that sense of relief or of freedom if you're still holding on to the pain, the situation, the person, you will not feel free if you're still holding on. It will not happen. The only way to feel free is to really release. And the only way to really release is to heal and let go. It's to heal and let go. You need to, need to, need to let go. You almost can't even have one without the other. You can't heal, but then still still harbor resentment for that person. It doesn't work like that. You have to heal and let go. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. It doesn't mean you even have to have a relationship with them. But you become a neutral observer because you're, you're released from it. You're released. It's like, oh, oh yeah, that time in my life, okay. Right? It's like, oh yes, that. It's not about who you are now, right? It's nothing to do with it. It's like looking at really good times in your life, really bad times in your life. It's like they're all in the same, they're just there. Some will make you very excited, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was amazing. <laughs> Others will make you a bit more like, oh, yeah, that was super rough. Holy moly. Yeah. And of course, you know, if you let yourself revisit that or go back to those times or even to those emotions, you can even get emotional, whether it be of excitement or of pain. You can relive that. You can totally feel that again and be like, oh, yeah, that. Right? Of course. We're human. We remember. But it's not your life now. It's not what's happening now it's a it's a shed layer shedded layer and uh and that's the goal so boundaries and non-attachment you guys personal internal dialogue with yourself and then the acceptance to let go and to know that it's that there's nothing you need to do often we're afraid to let go because letting go makes us feel like we're no longer in control but actually it's the opposite letting go is I don't want to say control because I don't even like that word, but letting go is the power. It is the power. Not letting go is not having any power. Then that thing has power over you, right? 
holding on to something and giving yourself the illusion of maximum control is actually the opposite. It makes us feel powerless. And it renders us powerless. But letting go, surrendering, and resting assured in the like the power of ourselves and our truth and our courage and our strength and our everything, that's power. That's power. That allows us to heal. And it also allows us to have even more power once we've healed. Like the point is to always tap back into power. Power enough to let go and go through the healing process, right? Let go of the shenanigans and of the buffering and of the drama, right? The power to let go of all of that, to let the dust settle, to go into our pain, to do the healing, and then the power to let go and know that we've done the work, know that we've done the healing, know that the pain is gone because it was never ours to begin with. It was just a process we had to go through. It was never us. It was never ours. And then we tap back into our power and that's it. On to the next. On to the next moment. On to the next breath. On to the next day. That's it. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's it for me. That's it for this episode. I hope that this was really helpful for you. I hope that some of this resonated with you, if not all of it. And as usual, if you have any questions, please, guys, do not hesitate to get in touch with me. If you have any questions whatsoever about either this episode, a past episode, uh, or anything else on my website, or the new Eveluna community memberships, anything, 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 please reach out. There are no stupid questions. Literally, no stupid questions. I love your questions, actually. Um, so yeah, connect, get in touch with me. It's always fun. If you have any topic recommendations or anything you'd like me to touch on on the show, do let me know. And again, if you guys love this podcast, really, if you love this podcast, you need to check out the Aveluna community. You need to get in touch with me. You need to join. You need to see what's up. You need to see all that there is in the community, all that will be offered. Because if you like this, we go in depth about these topics. We we unpack them. We do case studies. We meet up, we do coaching, we do meditations, we share, okay? Um, you get to hear different perspectives, you can ask questions. Um, you know, you, you're part of a community and we grow and we heal and we connect and we have fun together. So it's so fun. If you like this, this is just scratching the surface. Honestly, you guys, there's so much in store. I did this especially for you and for all the 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 beauty that there is and the value that there is in this dialogue and this discourse so really join us and it would be so fun to connect with you and to have you be a part of the community in that capacity obviously if you're here of course you're part of the community but come on and join us introduce yourself it's gonna be so fun and it's gonna be like hang out with your friends but a lot you know a lot more fun because you can maybe just kind of chill there you don't necessarily have to ask any questions if you don't want to and you can just kind of sit there and or you can participate like crazy whatever but it's all about you so come 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 one come all. Is that the expression? Come one, come all. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you guys. And then one more quick thing. If you guys love this podcast, once again, 
um, please, please, please leave me a five-star review. It seems simple, but it really goes a long way in helping the show. So if you love the podcast, tell me so. Tell me what you love. Tell me how I'm doing. Leave me a five-star. And if you want to leave a review or a comment, please do. I love those too. Do send me a screenshot so I can thank you personally and meet you. Uh, Otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your week. Namaste.